Welcome to the podcast. I'm Candice Boddington, your host, an energy dealer and nutritional navigator in Cape Town, South Africa, and founder of The Bod Brand. In 2017, I made the commitment to live a holistic lifestyle to heal my anxiety, gut health, and hormonal imbalances. I truly hope that the space adds the value you seek and will give you the starting blocks to heal too. All you need to do to get started is subscribe and you can leave the rest in our hands. We're looking forward to sharing this time together. Thank you for listening. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, today we have Lexi in studio again. Welcome Lexi. Thank you. So today we're going to be tackling your Q&As and all things yoga. Um, we did bring this topic up last week, but we just covered the myths um, and you can listen to that one again. It will be straight underneath this podcast. So that is where we talk about the different types. We summarize yoga as much as one can just to be palatable. And then the realities of being a yoga instructor and studio owner. Today, however, we're going to just quickly answer a few Q&As on things yoga. So let's dive in. Alrighty. So, oh, and if you don't know Lexi, which I'm sure you have if you listened to the previous one, she is a yoga studio and instructor at Wild Things in Cape Town, South Africa. All right, Lex, let's dive in. I'm excited. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's start with the first one, and that is the best way to learn yoga from home. Oh, um, there are some really great online resources. Do you have any offhand? Um, Yoga with Adrian. Yeah. On YouTube. We did actually mention Very that cool. in the, in last week. Um, what else is there? There's... Um, What's that? Do yoga? Is it start yoga? Do yoga? Mm, it's by... I don't know. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm not hugely tech savvy. Tech be not my forte. <laughs> but Yoga International is a really, really cool um, online platform. I think the subscription fee is pretty minimal. I think there's like a 30 day free trial or something. That's quite nice. And then, um, yeah, and it's got loads of different, um, yoga practices and accessibilities and, you know, so it's, it really does cater for everyone. And that's kind of where I would prefer most to direct. All right. So can you do yoga for pregnancy? And if so, what are the benefits? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yoga is unbelievable. For throughout your the whole, throughout your whole pregnancy is fantastic. There are a lot of things that you do need to avoid. So I do recommend going to prenatal classes. And we've got a prenatal. We've got two prenatal slots on our schedule. Really? Yeah. Tuesdays oh. and Thursdays at 4 p.m. And I recommend starting prenatal from your from the start of your second trimester. Okay. So once that kind of that big scan's done uh, at 12 weeks, then you can kind of get into your practice if you because you'll have been better informed by your physician, et cetera, et cetera. So there are an abundance of, you know, it helps with birth. It helps with, you know, your breath. It helps with the connection to your pregnancy. You know, a lot of the time women can almost disassociate from the fact that they're pregnant. Um, it's like, okay, well, this is what my body's going through. And, you know, it's, it's, it can be quite alluring to distract yourself from that. So, um, yeah, I really recommend doing prenatal yoga because, okay. you know, you want someone with the education. Yeah. Um, that, is, that knows what you need to avoid and what to do, what not to do, and the best way to go about that. And Nicole, who teaches our prenatal classes, studied in the UK um, at Yoga Mama, oh. I think it's called. I don't um, know, but that London. sounds so yeah, cute. Yeah, she went for a month intensive, and it was, you know, she worked with doulas. It was, a very, it was an incredible course, and she's massively knowledgeable, and I can't recommend her enough. highly enough. Amazing. So, what does yoga really help with? 
Oh, what doesn't it really what help it, with? I mean, <laughs> for me, it's the cure all, really. Yeah. <laughs> Just put some yoga on that. Um, <laughs> everything. I mean, it's obviously to an extent, let's not be unrealistic yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. It's not um, going you know, to cure a massive disease. Well, that exactly. Means... You can't do yoga for, you know, a, a disease, like you said. But um, it really will help manage and reduce anxiety. It manages, um, you know, being able to sleep well. Um, it'll improve strength and flexibility in a physical, you know, perspective. Um, it helps you understand yourself. And I think for me, that's been my greatest takeaway from the yoga practice is really getting out of the story in my head. You know, we yeah, so like what invest. What is the story yes. telling yourself And there is, day. everyone's got a bit of a story. Mm. And for you to kind of just take a step back and be the observer of it rather than attaching to the story and its outcomes and all the little narratives and the characters and whatnot, but to just take a step back and to just view it as a neutral observer. So mm. it allows you to approach things quite equanimously and it encourages you to you know, not not get caught up with everything and to just really, you know, view everything a little bit more neutrally in order for you to move through it. Yeah. You know, with less angst. Yeah. And you know, I used to be very impatient. I used to be very easily triggered and angered and you know, that was that was quite a big part of my personality. And now I I don't feel those experiences in my body. Yeah, anymore. you just see them. I I mean I they don't honestly they don't even happen. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome because I would, I, I, for some reason, I had a very short fuse and whatever, you know, trauma I'd gone through, that is yeah. how it had manifested. Just a lot of fire. A lot of fire, very fiery. Mm. Um, <laughs> but now I, I'm a lot, I don't, I don't, that's not my go-to reaction anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. You know, I can see things as they are for what they are and just respond rather than react. react. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Okay. Number four, how can you do yoga with tight fascia and spondylosis? I think I said that right. If you don't know what it is, it's what I assume is a um, degenerate disease in the spinal cord. Yeah, I think it's like an arthritis yes. in the spine. Um, um, but I could be totally wrong, but I think that's just, yeah. How would one do yoga with the so tight with fascia? any kind of... Um, injury or um, you know physical condition always consult a professional 100% you know yoga teachers are not physios we're not doctors we don't know you know what's going on in your body so consult a professional first so that you know exactly what you need to avoid in, in yoga and then avoid and then avoid it yeah you know if you've got tight fascia I recommend foam rolling actually yeah. and yin, like, yin. Yeah. yeah like I said in the previous podcast um you know, long holds, really gentle, breath focused. And the breath is so key to opening up the fascia. So you've really got to use your exhales to soften into that and to connect your mind to those areas of tension. So and go there even in aware your head. Them. Yeah, be aware of them. Go there in your head, like almost as if you are thinking about that exact place and then with your breath out, consciously soften it. Oh, there's a little schnorr from a puppy. <laughs> Okay, so Vader's in the studio again, and he's snoring. Please ignore it. <laughs> um, but like I said, definitely consult a professional and... And do what you can with do, where you're at. Exactly. Meet yourself where you're at. Alrighty, next one. How often should you practice to see the benefits? And I think that's quite by individual, if I'm going to be honest. Yes. Even from someone who's not a yoga instructor. Because that's like anything. That's like any 
physical experience. But I think, yeah, how often should you practice to see the benefits? Um, practice mm-hmm. as much. You know, the thing, the great thing about yoga is that it's not high impact. So yeah. if you are aware of how you're moving and you're moving safely, you're not going to injure yourself. You know, if you run seven days a week, there's a good chance you'll get spl- shin splints and hurt your knee. You know, mm. with yoga, it's totally different because there isn't anything that's going to hurt your joints or, you know, so long as you are doing it safely. Again, I say that. Um, but, I mean, if you're just starting out and you're really looking to see your practice move um, three times a week. Yeah. yeah like Show up completely three times a week. You know, really be there. Be fully involved in what you're doing. Yeah. And maybe even, I mean, like I'm not a, I'm not a yoga instructor or any kind, um, but I would say maybe even getting a variation of yoga so mm. that you you're exploring maybe the one that you enjoy the most and then you'd probably reap also, the benefits of yes, the one you like but also go to the ones you don't like yeah do that because the, there's a good chance in, in with regards to yoga is that the one that you like the least is the one that you need the most yeah you know for me i'm a very um go get a fiery like i'm you know i'm, I'm yang my energy is very yang mm. and for me when i first started my yoga practice and the thought of something like yin was like you, you, that's torture don't you even think about it yeah forget it i'm moving i'm here for a reason i am breathing i want purpose I'm pushing yeah <laughs> but with y- something like yin you have to just be you have to be okay with what goes on in your head and it's and it's you know <laughs> what what you like isn't necessarily what you need so you also need yes. to be aware of that kind of discipline as well. I think this falls perfectly into another question that got asked. Um, and that is, why is it so boring for me? <laughs> because you might be doing something that is not necessarily boring you, but you just don't want to be there. So when I, I can only, you know, compare this to my own experience, like anything really, um, And when I first started yoga, that is exactly how I would feel because I used to feel like there wasn't enough of a reason for me to be doing this. I wasn't burning enough calories. I wasn't sweating enough. I wasn't, you know, working hard enough. And it was just boring. I didn't want to listen to someone speak. I wasn't interested. I'd wear my Fitbit only to a yoga class. (laughs) Like if I, if I just thinking about that now makes me like, oh, why? Um, It's, it's boring because it's, it requires, you know, mental engagement. Yeah. You need to navigate your intellect in order to deepen your yoga practice. You know, yoga is so much less of a workout than it is a work in. So get curious with your own mind. You know, yes, you are going to get stronger. Yes, you're going to get sweaty. Yes, you're going to, you know, be able to do some really interesting shapes. So in that regard, yeah, you're going to be exercising your body. But what it is, is a, is a primarily is to work inward, to understand, to deepen your, you know, your emotional connection to. And they might, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know where this, um, this lady is in her life, but I mean, maybe, maybe there's just fear around it. So mm-hmm. you feel like you're, it's boring because you don't want to sit there with your, with your thoughts, um, so I would, I would actually say, like you said, with the classes that you don't want to go to, if yoga is something that you feel like you want to do, but when you get there and you're, bo- you're bored or you don't want to do it, maybe it's something you really need to do. Yeah, it is something that you, it's absolutely something you need to do. You know, and a lot of the time I'll see people 
you know, the moment the physical element of the class is finished and, you know, everyone lies there in Shavasana, which mm. is for active rest. I see people's eyes lying open, checking their, you know, calorie burn. They can't wait to get up and leave. Like, you need you need to be in stillness. Like, you That's are the person who needs it the most. You need, to, you need to be there. Like, just yeah. commit to that and keep going. The yoga bug will bite. Mm. And it bites hard when you really, like, invest in your practice because it's like, you know, all of these new light bulbs start switching on. You start like really uncovering and discovering these fascinating parts of yourself that you didn't even know were there in the first place. And you you get drawn into that. Yeah. It's amazing because every, everything starts to feel lighter. Everything feels more manageable. You know, you can just cope. Yeah. With being a grown-up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> a lot better Adulting if you just... is hard. It's cuck. And, you know, if you... <laughs> it's cuck! <laughs> if you allow yourself to really drop into your practice, then there's a full hour of you not being able to think about anything else because you are so focused on everything that's going on in your body, in your heart. You that that's mm. That's where you are, you know? And there is just... Even if it's just for a moment, everything comes into alignment, you know? your spirit, your body, your mind, everything just, and, and it, you feel that moment of unification and it's like, oh, it's like the ultimate kind of meditation. It's that meditative high. So you said spirit and that sparked me um, to, to start this next question. That is a lot of people don't like yoga if they're Christian. Mm-hmm. And how would you work around that? Well, we also touched on this on the last podcast. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's non, yoga is non-denominational. You know, it's far more about your own healing journey than it is about anything else. So if you do have a relationship with, you know, some form of religion, religious practice, it'll deepen that. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not going to, you know, it's not, it's not like luring you out of your religious practice and no, into no, this no, darker no, space. Yeah. It's, it'll enhance and, you know, create a deeper connection for you with that. Yeah, wherever you practice. are Wherever choosing. you are choosing to invest that energy, that it'll, it'll deepen that. Exactly completely other side of the spectrum mm. <laughs> morning versus night yoga um and i think that's very individual and maybe totally even where individual. you are in your head space yeah absolutely um, you know i know that <laughs> come like early afternoon i'm doing no physical movement there is just absolutely mm. no way i want to get my workouts or practice done in the morning because it clears my brain fog for the day and it allows me to just move through my day with you know a little bit more clarity and um but that's totally different for everyone you know not everybody's a morning person in fact most people aren't morning people and do prefer an evening practice and the be- there are benefits to both there's no kind of there's no there's no negative to either yeah you know if, if you're doing an evening practice it'll you know just burn off that extra energy at the end of the day, clear your mind after your day at work and give you enough space to kind of just go home, you know, with a little bit, you know, with that extra energy expended and you'll be able to sleep better. You know, it's just whenever you can practice yoga, do it. Just do it. I mean, I found I am also very a morning person just because I'm the kind of person who not makes excuses, but I tend to put it at the last of my priority Mm. list movement when it gets to the later side of the day. Um, But... When I did a yoga class on a full moon where there was this intention of just like connecting with women at night with a full moon, I found that really beautiful. Mm. So I think it also just depends well, absolutely. on what Yoga's that practice is. Yoga's just got is. an abundant offering. Exactly. You know, so whatever it is you need, it's, it's con- it's it can cater you. to that. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, even if you're not really a morning person, do some morning stretches. And also, remember, yoga is not just being on the mat. You're practicing yoga all day. You know, when you take a, when you have a confronting experience and instead of lashing out at it or retreating back, take a moment, take a breath, respond to it in a way that is going to serve the situation and be productive and you're practicing yoga. Yeah. You know, if you are standing up for some, for a right or a group of people's rights, you're practicing yoga. You know, again, like that's, that's, yoga is not limited to the physical experience. No, which we spoke about in the previous mm. podcast as well. Um, coming to the physical side of yoga though, a lady asked a question saying, inversions scare me. Seems quite impossible to be honest. How do you get into it? Where do you start? And I couldn't agree with her more. <laughs> yeah, you're also nerve-wracked by inversions. Oh, I, I, when everyone does it, I'm like, cool, I'm going to go into child's pose now. And everyone will be resting. I'll, I'll just be there. resting. Yeah. So the great thing about yoga is that it also encourages you to move past your fear. I think that's it. I'm just, because I had an old injury, I am just petrified yeah. to injure myself. And it, and it is scary, especially because we don't go upside down. Yeah. You know, we are on like our feet, we are sitting, <laughs> our heads are above our hearts all the time. Yeah. But start out with just a forward fold, just feel the feeling of being upside down. You know, it's actually fantastic for your circulation when your, your head is lower than your heart, you know, it kind of flips your circulatory system and allows it, you know, it's just, it reinvigorates you, it can be quite energizing. But in terms of like arm balance inversion, so a forward fold is an inversion. So whenever your head is below your heart, you are inverting. So I've already done that. Yeah, you have. You've done that today. There you go. That's an inversion. Um, but in terms of like arm balances and handstands and headstands and stuff like that, you be sure that you're doing it with someone that you feel safe with. Yeah. So someone that is qualified, number and one. Well educated. Go to an yeah. arm balance workshop so that yeah. you can ask as many questions as you like. And it's a focus. And it's focused on arm balances. Yeah. You know, in a class, you know, obviously speaking from experience, uh, it's really difficult to spend a lot of time on an arm balance. You know, it's kind of... Especially it's for a, one person. For one person, you know, and it's it's kind of an offer. If people have it in their practice and they want to go there, go mm -hmm. right ahead. But to break it down, you need you need to dedicate time to it. So do it at home for a little bit. Um, you know, you see all of those like blooper yoga home videos. Be careful, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not for the faint of heart. <laughs> But it's a lot of fun when you can do it. It's And it's, again, it's that same, like, pushing your physical experience in order to deepen what's going what's going on internally. So the fact that this person said it feels impossible, number one, and they're scared, that's, that's an indicator, mm. you know? That's an indicator when you, uh, as to how you're treating other things as well. So instead of getting fixated on the inversion element of it, of it, Notice that that's what comes up when you think about inversions, but then also give the inversions a try because maybe then things, other things will feel less impossible and other things will feel a lot less fearful. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Because I definitely, I'm quite, um, or have been quite withdrawn even to like ideas and projects and uh, just general work things and sometimes even relationships um, that I tend to rather take a step back and not act on them. Mm. And that's exactly what I would do with something like this. I'd be like, I'd just rather do something I know I can do and that's yeah, safe. Yeah, well, exactly. We've got such a chronic fear of failure. Yeah. You know, um, adult, especially as adults, you know, when we're a kid and we start out at something, we kind of don't care that we're beginners. But when you're a grown-up yeah. and you can't do something immediately, it's very disheartening and our egos get a little bit of a bruise. Mm. Um, but start out with something really simple, like a crow. 
you know? So if you fall out of it, your face is like an inch away from the floor anyway. So like, big deal. Just put a pillow underneath. Yeah, exactly. Put a pillow underneath. You know, start with things that are going to make you feel successful and just take it one tiny little step at a time. You're not going to be able to do a forearm stand in one afternoon. So just take one little step at a time. And I promise you, if it takes years, it takes years. It took me years to get into a forearm stand and it it comes. It comes mm. with every little you know, little bit light bulb moments. Yeah. yeah, every little bit of effort that you put together. And I like to liken the yoga practice to waking up in a hotel room that you've never slept in before. And you need to mm. wake up in the middle of the night because you need to do a wee. And you're kind of looking for the light switch next to the bed. And then you, ooh, here's a light switch. You switch it on and it illuminates a little part of the room. And then you kind of walk around and mm. you find another light switch and it illuminates another part of the room. And that's kind of what your yoga practice is as well. It's just navigating and illuminating those dark places in you that you are unfamiliar with. Yeah. I think that's a great way to enter into our next one. And that is how to take your yoga to the next level. Um, she's been practicing for quite some time now. So if that was the next question. How to workshops. Take it. Workshops. Yeah, workshops on and On things intensives. that you want to focus on. Yeah, and intensives. You know, longer format classes are really great for that. And, um, you know, lots of different workshops. And also expand other elements into other elements of your practice as well. You know, go and get involved in a, you know, check out what's happening at other studios that you maybe wouldn't ordinarily look into and see what they're, what's on offer there, you know. So just keep broadening your horizons mm. and don't limit yourself to one teacher, one space, you know. One practice. One practice, it, yeah. you know. There is, so, there is so much for you to learn from what yoga has. I, I, I say just go for it, you know. Try as much as you can. Yeah, I agree. So the next one is... Um, I think the two kind of fall into each other, so I want to put it together. And that is, um, how do you, how to do yoga when you struggle with lower back problems? And then the second one was, is it normal to have a sore back or to point to hurt when you roll up and down your spine? So when you go, when you've got your knees to your chest and you roll up and down. Mm-hmm. So both lower back problems. So like, how to do yoga when you struggle with, um, with lower back problems? You know, like I said earlier, always, you know, be sure that you've consulted a physician if you have any injuries. Um, but, you know, yoga is great for any kind of back problems. You know, chances are there's something else that's quite, you know, locked up and tight and you can work into that. But just move mindfully. Yeah. You know, if someone, you know, I know that in a lot of exercise classes, you do as the instructor says. You know, and if you're, if the instructor's telling you to do 20 squats, you're doing 20 squats. Mm. It's not the same in yoga, you know, because yeah. you don't want to push your body into places that it, it is, that's unavailable to it, you know, and, and that kind, and when it is unavailable, do your best not to attach that to a lack of success. Yes. You know, because it can be, it, that can feel disheartening, you know, when you see everyone around the room going into, you know, whatever shape the instructor's cued and you feel like that's inaccessible to you try your best to let that go i know it's challenging and i know we've been so conditioned to you know always be striving to be able to do the most but it's it's not relevant you know listen to your body when that lower back gives you a little uh uh-uh respond to that yeah respect it you know i also like to Say, I like think that of respected. it. Mm, you know, I, it's yeah. talking to you. Your body's constantly yeah. talking to you. It's our jobs to really listen, and um, you know, think about it like a like a traffic light. Green, you know, in terms of pain versus discomfort, because pain and discomfort are two very different things. Discomfort can lead to a little bit of extra growth, whereas pain can lead to an injury. Yeah. You know, green, we go. Mm-hmm. You know, a for away. Orange, check in. Yeah. You know, when it's like, mm, is this pain or is this discomfort? Because we don't need to be pushing through pain, no. you know, 
Pain is not weakness leaving the body, no matter how many times you've been told that. It's a load of rubbish. And red, we stop. Don't do it. If your body's going, uh-uh, this is not going to, this is not, I'm not happy here. Yeah. Don't do it. And that's just it. Yeah, the simple of it. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Alrighty. How do you find a routine with yoga? Um, discipline. Like discipline. I said, it's yeah. more of a discipline totally than it agree. is, you know, finding a routine. Um, I, you know, I know I kind of have an idea of what my day is going to look like. And I see how I sl- how I can slot it in somehow. But it's just like it's it's a need to do. It's something I have to do in a day. And I, I just do it. Yeah. You know, we've always we've always got that time. Well, we do have the time. It's just about prioritizing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, for instance, there are times where I'm a bit busy at work. And as much as I'd love to sit for two hours watching Netflix, I just have to prioritize. Yeah, you just... Exactly. Cool. Going back into the questions now, how to get better at downward facing movements? I struggle. That's our next one. Um, well, I'd love to know in what way, um, but maybe it's just the same concepts of inversions, you know, having, we're not used to having your head hanging and, you know, blood rushing to it and whatever. But when you are in a downward facing movement, try your best to let go. You know, to really, um, you know, for example, in like a forward fold, allow the full weight of your torso to pour forward. Keep a little soft bend to your knees. There's no reason your legs need to be locked out in any position in yoga. Um, and in like a, in a downward facing dog, let your head dangle. So don't hold tension in your neck or hold your head up. Let it just kind of, you know, in downward facing movements to just hang. So the next few questions. So the next two questions are based around surgery. Um, so we'll try and mesh that into one. And the first one is, what movements would you recommend post-surgery? And I think it's a little bit vague because mm. that could be a lot of things. However, the next person did say, is it, impossible, is it possible to still practice yoga after major abdominal and spine surgery? So maybe we can kind of bring those two together. Okay. Um, I mean... Like I've said, always just find out what you need to be avoiding yes. first so that you can manage that yourself. Um, and yes, yoga is accessible and available to absolutely everyone. Um, my recommendation is to go slow first. Just reestablish the connection to your body um, and take it, take it from there. So just really listen in to how it responds. I love that. So the next person has said, how long till you start seeing results? Again, I guess quite vague, but I'm going to take a little bit of a shot in the dark here and I'm going to say it's either weight related or posture related. Posture related. Mm. Either way, um, it's kind of destination focused and, um, you know, you there's yoga is not outcomes based. You know, it's every single day. Or every single time you practice, just arriving with the same approach, which is to just accept whatever comes your way, you know, and keep at it. Just keep just keep at it. And, you know, what you are looking to gain out of it will arrive so long as you just allow yourself the space and the time and the dedication for it to show up for you. 
So the next one is beautiful. I'm The last two questions are really stunning and I think it's going to be a nice way to end off our second episode and that is opening, she said, can we just create conversation around opening chakras when emotions surface during yoga? Oh, um, well, <laughs> if you'd ever do experience an emotional outburst during yoga, you are one of the lucky ones. So enjoy yeah. it. If you ever feel like you want to laugh or cry, laugh, cry, just indulge in it because what yoga does is that because of its you know unusual style of movement you know it's not contralateral it's it's um uh it's you know the the left hemisphere of our brains communicating with the right hemisphere of our body and everything's kind of like you know you're creating new neural pathways because you're moving in a way that your body's not used to you know you can unlock trauma you know our yeah. bodies hold on to trauma it stores, especially in our hips and in stuff like big back bends, so our hearts are really open. Um, it can it can allow our bodies to release that trauma. And when you when it does release, when that outburst comes, it's um it's a permanent release. So whatever it is that has moved out of you, it has moved for good. So you've released that element of that little piece of trauma. And funny enough, the first time that that ever happened to me, I was it was on my yoga teacher training and I wasn't like that clued in with what yoga was at all. For me, it was because I did a lot of exercise. I needed to stretch in inverted commas and um, I needed to do something that wasn't so high impact. So on my teacher training, I had, we had a two hour long practice and we moved into camel, which is one of the real, like the deepest backbends. Google it. <laughs> it's a lot. And it's, um, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And I came out of it and as we moved into the surrender series, you know, where you move into your final rest, I burst into tears and I did not know what was going on. I was absolutely clueless as to that being normal. Um, I was sobbing hysterically and it was just, I was so embarrassed. Oh no. Yeah. I was mortified. I thought I was having a public nervous breakdown and, um, it was, it, it was, it sucked because, um, you know, no one, no one told me that it was something that, that was know, actually good that can happen. And I was like, you know, just like, oh my goodness, like, is this really, what, what on earth is going on with me? Because that was, mm. you know, I'm always kind of, my emotions are pretty in check or so I thought, you know, I could always kind of manage when there were any, you know, emotional responses. Yes. And, but that was just something that I just could not control. And then the next day, the same thing happened again, still having no one told me that, you know, that was, you know, something that happened. And then thankfully the instructor at the end of that class said, if you ever feel the urge to laugh or cry and said pretty much exactly what I said. And I was just like, oh, thank goodness. Wow. That <laughs> is a weight off my shoulders. Thank goodness that that is, that's, <laughs> that's okay. All right. We're good. So it's just about enjoy embracing it. them. Enjoy it. It's yeah. wonderful. You know, it's, um. And in a yoga class, it's a safe space for that to happen. You know, yeah. there have been a lot of people that have laughed, cried, sobbed in classes. And I, like, honestly, it is one of the, like, greatest gifts. So if you are ever gifted with that, take it with both hands and enjoy it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Last question for today. Why can't you do certain poses when you are menstruating? So, and I think she said something along the lines of backbends. Okay. So... In terms of your physical capacity, you can, you can still do any kind of posture. You know, you can back bends. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, it would be inversions. So anywhere where any time where your feet are up. Yeah. So like a shoulder stand or a headstand. 
But it's not that you physically can't do it. There's nothing wrong with it. But energetically speaking, you know, when you're menstruating, you're, you are, there's, it's, it's an exit, you know, it's flowing outward, you know, and to, and it's, and it's something that you are releasing that is no longer serving you. So to contain that in your body or to, you know, have your legs up or whatever, holding onto that energetically speaking, I mean, you don't really want to do that. Whatever doesn't serve you anymore, you want to be releasing, you want it to allow, you want it to have the path of least resistance in order yeah. for it to flow naturally and to, you know, move out of your body. But physically, I mean, there are a few schools of thought on it, but in terms of, you know, what I believe with a yoga practice, I don't believe that there's any physical it might be a mental block, actually. Yeah, um, there's no physical element to it that is inaccessible. It is, uh, for me, I believe, just energetic. Amazing. Okay, so that was all our questions. <laughs> um, and I know that I asked the question last week, but maybe there's another little nugget you can leave them with. Um, and that's what would you tell your 16-year-old self today? You are going to find what you love. Yes. You are going to. I promise. Yes. I learned, and it seems like you never will. And sometimes feel, oh, you won't find it goodness. in the time that... I was so directionless for so long. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's so okay. It is so okay. And We're like, programmed to be like, you should have this when you're 18 and this oh when you're 21 gosh, and this yeah. when you're 30. Throughout school, throughout my degree, throughout my postgrad, even after I did my internship, after my postgrad, I was still like, what am I going to do? Are you doing what you studied? No. I studied Neither film. No. I studied film, yeah. Product... Film production as well. No. Producing. Yes, I swear. And, I and then I did advertising. And web design and development and yeah. advertising. Yeah, and then I did advertising. And I was just like, I can't do this corporate thing. Yeah, me neither. Anyway, so it'll come. And it'll it does. Come. It does. And it's so rewarding as well. Especially when you don't try push for it. You just exactly. work for you it. just allow it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. That's us for this week. Check in again next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. I want to listen to you too. So if you have any questions or ideas of dream guests, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for the answers to your questions and to hear your dream guests on this podcast. Send your questions and requests to candice.buddington at gmail.com and I look forward to connecting with you on a much deeper level. Bye.